Seahawks fans, wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Alfred, sitting down with co-host Keith Myers, talking about the Seahawks' victory against the Jets at home in uh, Week 17. Um, and they beat them handily, Keith. There just wasn't even any question in this game, 23-6. to It could have been 33-6. to uh, The Jets weren't scoring any points. Uh, Seattle's defense played outstanding, I thought, in this game. See, uh, Seattle's offense and rushing attack did uh, enough. And that was it. Yeah. Um, the defense played great. I mean, we knew the the Jets were were not a great offense, right? And, you know, that's, we kind of knew that going in. This was a game that if they move the ball really easily on uh, Seattle's defense, then that was going to be a, meant bad things for Seattle's defense. But no, the defense did what it was supposed to do. Shut them down. Yeah. Stopped them from being able to do anything offensively. And, um yeah, it's just a good outing for them. Yeah. So, I mean, let's let's talk about how they won, and we can talk about playoff implications and all that stuff afterwards. But uh, there were there were certain players that really stood out in this game to me, most of them on defense. Um, Daryl Taylor had a great game, probably yeah, one did. of his best games, two and a half sacks, including a strip sack, um, giving him eight and a half sacks on the season. Quentin Jefferson, uh, his mm-hmm. partner in crime there on the, on the line, had one and a half sacks, got five and a half on the season, solid coverage. Uh, on the back end by Tariq Woolen and Michael Jackson, including a pick uh, from Jackson, fumbled right at the end, but Woolen was there uh, to pick that up. Quandre Diggs had his third interception of the season. Cody Barton, I thought, played a really solid game. Um, yeah. All that on defense. Ken Walker on offense started out with that 60-yard explosive run, which I thought was one of the best runs of the season for sure. Ended up with 133 yards on 23 carries on the day. DJ Dallas. Uh, had a great day, both receiving and running. Probably his best day as a as a pro. Uh, Kobe Parkinson came up big with uh, five catches and a touchdown. Geno Smith played well, given the fact that the receivers didn't do anything in this game. I thought Geno played actually a strategically really good game because he had to go away from those guys a lot because uh, Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed on the other side were really sticking to T.K. Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Yeah. And so our, our tight ends played a significant role in, in run, uh, catching out of the backfield as well. Agreed. I mean, everyone, like, there's a lot of contributions here that that worked really well. Um, I liked what I saw from Stone Forsyth at right tackle. I mean, yeah. granted, they, they gave him help. They gave him Tyler Mabry a lot um, right beside him. but um, But he wasn't a problem. But he wasn't, yeah, he wasn't a problem. He wasn't right. a turnstile. For a backup tackle to not be bad is something that we haven't seen in a long time from Seattle. Yeah, I think he allowed a sack um, where, um, you know, their defender had a good jump on on, on that play. and uh, But most of the time, he was pretty solid in there and mm-hmm. uh, opened up some great running lanes as well. I thought that overall the offensive line played well as a unit just, getting a, a little bit of a push and they haven't done that in 
four out of the last five games. And so that was nice to see, especially against a Jets defense that's actually pretty sound and, and came yeah. in ranked number four in the NFL against the run. And um, you wouldn't have known it by looking at this game. Well, yes and no. I mean, that big run from Ken Walker kind of skews everyone's opinion, but you look at the rest of the game, 22 um, runs for 73 yards. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's um, that's less than four yards a carry. So they actually did a pretty good job um, in this game of, of making things hard for Seattle. And it didn't matter. I mean, the... Uh, Gino did enough. The Titans did enough. The um, uh, DJ Dallas came in. It was a nice change of pace. There was a, you know, backyard football crazy foot play um, that went for huge yards for for Dallas, which was fun. Um, and the Jets weren't going to score because the defense was playing too well. So the offense also didn't have that. We have to score. We have to, score. you know, we got We got to keep yeah. up. There wasn't, there was none of that. They could sit back and, and and do what they wanted to do. And if they didn't get a first down, they could punt and be okay with it. Yeah, I think you nailed it as far as the key of the game. I mean, it really kind of points to the defense, um, basically doing what they were expected to do. And then, um, you know, kicking them off the field. I think uh, New York ended up being four of 13 on uh, third down conversions. Um, to me, that's the key of the game, plus a couple of turnovers. And, um, I, I, you know, you got to hand it to the defense. I think this game. Uh, the offense did what they needed to do. Ken Walker had a great game, but the defense was just uh, stout, allowing six points. I think they had 270 yards total offense. Um, Mike White, uh, I don't. It's hard to imagine benching Zach Wilson, giving up on that draft pick uh, for this guy. I, you know, I didn't see what anyone else is seeing out there. He didn't scare me. He didn't show enough. He made a lot of mistakes. He looked skittish in the pocket. Seattle was, was able very to pressure inaccurate. them. Very yeah. inaccurate throwing the ball. Yeah. And so, you know, it was just one of those things. We took care of business. The interesting thing for me, well, a couple things. Um, Jordan Brooks, it looks oh, like he's man. gone for the, for the year and possibly impact next year if his knee is, is bad enough. Um, at least an ACL on that thing. Uh, it's a non-contact injury. Kind of came down weird, came down hard and at an angle and kind of twisted that thing. And so it could be, it looked like maybe an MCL-ACL combo, but that's just speculation. They they are looking into it, running tests this morning. Uh, we don't have any further information right now as of recording, so... Well, it wasn't your typical non-contact where you're looking at, oh, well, that's obviously an ACL. I mean, he was making a tackle. Uh, it just came down weird, weird angle. And, right. um, but and nobody then, ran into him. He just came down on it. Yeah, weird. but he was he was making a tackle. He was getting yes. pushed over. So it's, I wouldn't call it a non-contact injury. But um, but yeah, he he looks um, like he's probably done for the year. Um, hopefully it's not bad. It's like something like, you know, an MCL that heals itself, doesn't need surgery. And um, he'll be back, you know, in time for, for next year. Um you know, we'll see that, that that's, that's the goal there uh, or the hope. Um, but, you know, we will have to um, have to wait and see on that. Luckily, Cody Barton um, came in, stepped up, did played well. Tyler Mabry came um, in off the bench, a guy that uh, showed well in the preseason. I thought had made the 53, but didn't. You mean um, Tanner Muse? 
Yeah, sorry, Mabry's on the tight end on the offense. Um, Tanner Muse, a guy that I thought had made the the um, made the roster um, out of out of um, camp um, and out of the preseason, but didn't. Uh, but has you know come in a couple times uh, for Seattle and played pretty well. And I thought he yeah. showed he showed well in in that role. And I was actually um, impressed with um, Cody Barton moving over to the to the Mike spot to. Mm-hmm. Um, where he's now in control of the defense and making the line calls and that kind of stuff, and he did and did well. Like the 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 as far as that goes, the defense didn't miss a beat. Correct. Yeah, but it's still uh, nonetheless a step down. Uh, Seattle's missing a lot of players. Um, you saw that in this game. Uh, a lot of snaps being taken by some young guys, which is great this time of the year. Um, again, playoffs are going to be interesting. We can talk about the scenarios, what we need to do to get in, but. Um, it seems unlikely that we would do anything, but you never know. This team catches a little fire, plays this well against solid teams uh, down the stretch, and um, we could do something. But, you know, if we get into the seventh seed, Seattle's going to face, at a minimum, the 49ers' first game, <laughs> and um, and we'll see how that goes. Um, playoff talk. So Seattle must win next week mm-hmm. uh, against the Rams. That's That's a given. And then they also need the Detroit Lions, coached by Dan. I can't even believe I'm saying this. Coached by Dan Campbell to beat Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers to get the seventh seed. So if the Packers win, we're out. No matter what we do, Packers yep. lose, we win, we're in. That's it. Yep. If the Packer, if the if the Pack wins, they're in um, as the seventh seed. If they lose and Seattle wins, um, then Seattle gets it. And if they lose and Seattle loses, then Detroit actually yeah. makes the playoffs. Yeah. And you know Only- what? De- Detroit is um is crazy as far as uh their their record. Um so they're they're probably one of the four best teams in the NFC right now. They're seven and two after a one and six start mm-hmm. uh since week nine. Um, they're playing really well. They they beat the crap out of um, out of the Bears. Um, did what they needed to do, but their defense looked dominant in that game. Um, and their offense, you know, scores a ton of points. Their defense is really kind of coming on, which is the the reason why they're winning now. Uh, before their defense couldn't stop anybody, their offense was scoring points. Now the offense is scoring, and the defense has kind of stepped up. Um, so they're seven and two. They're heading to Green Bay next week, which is the unfortunate part of this equation. They need to do it at Lambeau Field, uh, but they're also facing a, a team uh, against the Green Bay Packers that's won four in a row. Aaron Rodgers is tough to beat in the playoffs, but nonetheless, they're eight and eight as well. We'll see how that goes. Um, I think Seattle just needs to play its game. Uh, I like the way Seattle's playing to finish the year. I think the defense has played well in the last two or three weeks. Just haven't been able to get the win uh, facing the 49ers and the Chiefs. Uh, They did it against the Jets. They need to take care of business against the Rams. I like the way that they're finishing the season, even if they don't make the playoffs. I think that um, hats off to the team for kind of sticking in there and um, finishing strong. Yeah. um, Yeah. It's an interesting situation because you're like, okay, at this point, um, it's fun to still be in it. And we didn't expect this team to be in it. We figured that um, we'd be full into draft talk uh, a month ago. Right. Um, when, when the season started. And uh, they got off to a, CX got off to a weird start. And then they had won this four in a row, got themselves up to 
to six and three. And we're like, all right, maybe this team's far better than we thought. And then they've stumbled for a while and um, you know, everything dropped and they were seven and eight. Uh, but now they're eight and eight and uh, they got a chance. And I, I like their chances actually. Cause I, I think that, you know, the Rams just aren't a good football team yeah. um, right now. And we're early eight, eight and a half point favorites in this game. Wow. That's and, and the Rams are missing their, you know, Aaron Donald, uh, Cooper cup and Stafford at quarterback. Yeah. And so we're playing a diminished roster. We did last time as well. Um, it doesn't matter in the NFL. This is the last game. The playoffs are on the line, um, which is great. Yeah. Who would expect that of the Seahawks mm-hmm. roster I know. Uh, in September? Uh, we're, we're relevant up to the very last game of the, of the season. And um, yeah, there's a lot riding on this game. I mean, for the team, for, for Pete Carroll, for the team, Geno Smith, for all the young players to get that experience. Uh, love to see that. Uh, on, on the other end of the spectrum, Denver lost its game. So we're guaranteed yes, a top five pick in the NFL draft no matter what. Seattle does so we might as well go go win that second first round draft pick is still going to be valuable uh, even if it's in the low 20s um, uh, it's just the best case scenario for me playing good football in December uh, being in the playoff race having a top end draft pick um, so so you've kept the integrity of your team you, you haven't lost your team to a really bad uh, year um, your, your coach is doing well. Everything's kind of coming together on the defensive side. They've had their struggles, but we've been able to identify what we need to be a competitive uh, going into next year. So that's really helped identify areas of need. And, you know, in the offseason, we've got a chunk of cash to spend in free agency. Got all those draft picks, eight draft picks, four in the top 40. Um, wow. Yep. Um, the other thing is six still have a shot at the number two overall pick. They need Chicago to win a game, which they haven't done a lot of this year. They're three and 13 mm-hmm. um, most likely. And, and you look at it, um, Denver has the quote unquote tiebreaker over Arizona now to um, for the third seed. And so, and same with, um, Oh, uh, with Indy's got the, Indy's got the tie. Yeah, the third pick, and so yep. it's just a matter of of um, if Denver loses again, the worst they'll have is is the um, the third pick. If they win, the best that they can have for them um, would be the fifth pick. So that that's the best record that they. And can there have. is a scenario where a couple teams, other teams, have to lose. They could win, um, but still end up with the fourth pick. So, yeah, uh, most likely it's either the third or the fifth pick. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like it's going to be the third. Um, the, they're facing the Chargers. Um, Chargers are a playoff team. Uh, they've already lost to the Chargers this year. Um, so as long as the Chargers take care of business, Denver should lose that game, uh, finish with four wins, and we've got a top three pick. I mean, that's just crazy. What a fortunate thing to happen. You know, you take a look at that trade and the trade value, and this will be analyzed for years to come. But uh, this thing isn't over yet. We still have two picks. The second round pick is also going to be high, top, you know, 35 pick. Um, holy cow. I mean, what a great opportunity for Don, John Schneider and company to improve this roster with some blue chip talent um, and starter level talent going into next season. It, it's unreal. Yeah. I mean, it, 
this was supposed to be a rebuild year, right? You trade away your franchise quarterback, you load up on a bunch of draft picks. Um, you also trade away the the best linebacker in, in franchise history, one of the best to ever play the game. Uh, or I guess you didn't trade him, you you released him because of his contract. But um, this is supposed to be the rebuild year, and they're eight and eight, and they're they're going into week seventeen with a chance to make the playoffs. It's um it's been a it's been a great year for Seattle. I mean they've, they've done won, won more games than last year. Yeah. They they're they're a better team than they were last year. And that's hard to believe given what talent left. And now here's a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. The fans, the tradition, the glory. There's nothing more thrilling than college football, and it comes down to the national championship game happening on Monday. My go-to for betting is DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. Who do you like in this game, Georgia or TCU? Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly, win or lose. Plus, everyone can combine multiple bets for bigger payouts with DraftKings Same Game Parlays. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code TPPN. New customers bet just $5 on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Yeah, they changed their entire defensive scheme, brought in some players, uh, had a great draft. I mean, lost their, lost their best cornerback, too. Yeah, Geno Smith had a career year and fantastic for him. You know, Geno's and, uh, achieved just tremendous amount of incentive uh, raises just in this season as well. You know, he started out with like a three and a half million dollar base with another three and a half million dollars in incentives. He's only not going to hit just a couple hundred thousand dollars of those extra incentives. He's going to make two and a half million extra dollars just by throwing for 4,000 yards, getting to 30 touchdowns, making the Pro Bowl, making the playoffs. All those were attached to his contract as far as being able to reach a certain level of, of, of pay. And he's hit all of them. I mean, the only thing he hasn't hit is 10 wins. Um, I think that was in his contract. He's not going to be able to hit that. But everything else, He's played his his butt off and earned that. And um, hats off to Geno Smith. Oh yeah, he's been he's been like the feel good story of the NFL all year. I mean, just straight up. I mean, he's pretty much a shoe in for you know comeback player of the year and and um, that kind of stuff because he was he's more than just written off. Like he was a joke, right? He was a guy that was. Um, you know, thought of as a joke, especially, you know, in New York and the team that drafted him and, and, um, their fan base, like he was this big mistake and this big problem. And is he still in the league? Wow. That's crazy. He came um, back and beat the three teams that had previously employed him this year. Yeah. He beat um, each one of beat them. all three of them. Yep. And, and did, did so looking good in all of them and, um, you know, look good in this game. Yeah. The stats aren't like fantastic, but uh that but but it's games some like of that's this. game flow it's games like this keith that where everything isn't perfect and his wide receivers can't get open and stuff and he still gets the job done it's games like this that give me confidence and i think that gives the franchise confidence going into the next season to be able to re-sign him for a reasonable amount um the, the fortunate thing i think for seattle is this is a guy that can take you to the playoffs maybe not win a super bowl but He's good enough with this current roster to bring back 
at a reasonable amount, and I'm going to just say 20, you know, $20 million next year on a, on a one-year deal or maybe a two-year deal, um, kind of a, you know, let's prove, you know, 2022 wasn't a, a fluke. Let's go do 2023 as well and uh, give him an opportunity to earn some real money and see if we can improve the roster around him even more and see if he can get further. And um, I, I'm, I just can't say enough good things about him, you know, as far as exceeding expectations. He's not perfect, he, you know, but um, for this roster and for the Seahawks to be able to have flexibility heading into the draft and free agency, um, he's been spectacular. Uh, absolutely. I agree. Um, and he's a big part of Seattle's success this year. I mean, that, that needs to like, that's, it, it's, it's kind of obvious, but uh, it does need to be said because even like you and I kept talking about, should they be playing Drew Locke? Like in the preseason because Gino didn't look very, very good. In yeah. The we were kind of upset that, Ju- that, that Drew didn't have a chance because he had COVID right in mm-hmm. the wrong time. Uh, to be able to prove himself, then he came out in the third game and had a really bad game, and well, that was that. Yeah. Um, but for a while there, we were like, you know, Gene, they, they look like they're giving this thing to Gino because they really haven't given um, Drew an opportunity in camp to to run with the number ones and so forth. Uh, it turns out <clears throat> Pete knew what he was doing. You know, he he sees those guys in the building every single day, knows what a pro he is. Uh, he believed him. Not only that, but he saw him the previous two years behind Russell Wilson and so, or three years. And so it is what it is. And Drew, you know, I don't, Drew seems like a really hot and cold kind of player. Even if he would have come in, um, I, I think that we, he would have had spectacular moments and then he would have had just really defeating three interception games and, and we would have been questioning everything. So I think it yeah. worked out uh, pretty well. I still, you know, you take a look at if, if that draft pick is number three overall, we're going to have some options. We're either going to have one of Anderson or Carter sitting there. We're going to have uh, one of um, CJ Stroud or Will Levis sitting there. And the Seahawks are going to have to make a decision. Do they take a quarterback? Is it Stroud? Is it Will uh, Levis? Is it Anderson or Carter? Um, one of those guys that I've mentioned is going to sit there. And I, I'm fascinated. I'm, I'm just completely fascinated by what needs to happen in this off season to get to a decision on that day? Because Holy cow couldn't be bigger. You know, who's the real winner in all of this draft stuff, Chicago, because they're terrible, but they've got a quarterback. And so they're going to, they're going to have Indy and Atlanta, which are currently at five and seven, um, trying and maybe even, um, the Raiders at eight with the, whatever they're doing there. Um, Those three teams trying to trade up to number two to get ahead of Seattle. To Possibly get, the Jets. Uh, the Jets need to handle something too. Yeah, but the Jets are so far down. They're at 13. Like, what are they going to have to give up mm, to go up and, right? and get that, right? So you, it's easier for Indy, you know, at, at five to jump up to, to two. And um, But Chicago's going to get a ton of draft capital in return by moving down a few spots. They don't need a quarterback. They can give up. Let's say it's CJ Stroud. They can give them to um, to Andy, get a good defensive player, which they desperately need, and a whole bunch of other draft picks. They're they're really the winners in all of this. That's a great point. 
Yeah. So much. It's, it's fascinating to me. I mean, this draft is going to be epic as far as what kind of value that this, the Seahawks have to play around, move around, pick, not pick trade. Um, we've got that second pick in the first round. We've got a high second and, and our own second as well. And, um, that's a lot of ammunition, um, mm-hmm. to, to move around. You know, when, when we used to pick in the late twenties consistently, and we always knew that we were going to move back and we still got value and, and so forth. This is like 10 times that scenario. If that, that third pick overall, if it is a third is extremely valuable. I mean, you take a look at the, the draft value points that that represents. I mean, you only have to trade back like five or six picks and that's worth a first round pick, an additional first round pick, like in 2024 or two seconds or a second and a third in this draft that are high picks. I mean, it's, it's a lot. And so the Seahawks are going to have a huge amount of options. And I know fans might be upset that, well, we're sitting at third and then you drop down and maybe you drop down again. Um, But I think everyone needs to understand that there's more than two or three holes on this team that need to get fixed as well. And having a boatload of picks, high level picks would also be very enticing. Yeah, I mean, they've already got a boat level of high-level picks. So, yes, they do. Um, but having two or three more, in addition to maybe a 2024 first or something like that, would be awfully tempting um, yeah. for this franchise. It's going to depend on what um, what teams offer, too. Because, um, you know, uh, if Arizona before the draft recommits, basically says they, they're not doing anything, even though they're at four at quarterback because they signed Tyler Murray, such, such a huge contract that they can't get out of. Okay. Well then, um, you know, if Indy doesn't jump up to, to two in front of Seattle, you've got, um, you know, Houston's going to take a quarterback, but Seattle might Indy then becomes the next team that wants one, um, down at five. And so a team that wants to move up, like say the jets wants to move up in front of Indy to get, um, that draft pick so they can get their quarterback. I mean, San Francisco had to give up three, um, three number ones to get uh, Trey Lance, and moving about the same distance. Uh, if they move from thirteen up to three and give Seattle three first round picks, that's, you know, that helps make the franchise, you know, not just good but competitive and kind of contender for, for years, years for years. Yes, yeah. Yeah, it'll be it'll be really interesting because no single player is going to solve this, even if it's a quarterback. I mean, a, quarter, a rookie quarterback coming in in twenty twenty three is would would probably not play, if, especially if they resign Geno. Um, and yeah, anyway, we're going to have all those conversations. We will um, about the offseason for sure. So, um, what's going to happen? Um, the, the interesting thing I thought about in this game was Pete Carroll. There's been some rumors out there. Um, Benjamin Albright and, and, and some others have written uh, from they they perceive credible information that Pete Carroll has been considering retirement this year. And it's games like this that are on the line late December, January, where uh, playoffs are still on the line and you go out and win a game like this, maybe win next week, I think ensures the fact that Pete Carroll comes back. Yeah, I agree. Um, I have, I would have a hard time seeing him step down unless, unless it's a situation where, you know, he was like, Hey, I thought about 
you know, stepping down a year ago, but um, I want to make sure want- that the franchise was on the tr- on the right track again. Yeah, I, I didn't want to to leave this team, you know, hurting. I wanted to to do what we had to do to get this team back competitive again, and now we are. And, and then he steps back, but I also don't see him completely stepping all the way back. Like I know I brought this up a couple times, but one of you know he's both president and coach, and I could see him stepping back into his president role where he has a, an opportunity to help pick his successor and. Um, still, be in, still be involved in the draft and yeah and and still do things yeah, still still right. have a say in, in things but not have to go through the day-to-day grind i could see him do that but um honestly i he think he likes the day-to-day grind is the thing if you go look at him on on sunday this week he did not look like a guy who was ready to retire he was running up and down that sideline he was barking at officials constantly throughout mm-hmm. the game because he didn't like calls and they weren't giving him the, the, the DPIs that he thought his receivers had earned. And, and he was just, there was so much energy. You could see his passion for the game was, was there. You don't walk away when you still have, care that much, not if you're winning and yeah. the Seahawks are winning. So yeah. Interesting. Wow. All right. Um, I'm going to ask you for a quick pred- prediction. What happens in this Detroit Green Bay game. Oh, man. Detroit's won seven of the last nine. They go in, they they wiped out Chicago. Now I know Chicago is a bad team, but they'd made them look like a high school team. Um, mm-hmm. their defense was dominant. Um, their offense was was efficient. Jared Goff looks like I I he's almost unrecognizable the the way that he's running the team. Had three touchdowns in this game. Um, what do you think? Dan Campbell has really done a lot to help Jared Goff, um, be successful because they're not asking him to be Aaron Rodgers. Um, they're asking him to be Jared Goff and they scheme up so much easy for, for Goff. He doesn't have to do anything that's hard. Um, cause everything that they ask of him to do is easy. And, it works. I mean, it's one of the most prolific offenses in the NFL. Um, and, and and so he's done some great things. And it's not like Green Bay's defense isn't that good. Um, and I think the, the, the Lions are going to score. The question is, can they slow down Green Bay's yeah. offense? Because Green Bay got off to a terrible start at the beginning of the year because they had no wide receivers. And they were waiting for these two rookies to finally mature and and actually catch the ball instead of dropping wide open, you know, touchdowns. Um, And they've kind of done that. They've kind of stepped up into the roles that, that where they needed to. And so that offense has been pretty good too. And Um, the running attack is, you know, with Adams back there is good. Yeah. They're um, they have been, yeah, they've been, been great running the ball. It it comes down to, these are two offenses that can move the ball and score two defenses that aren't that good and struggle and terrible weather. Cause you're in green Bay in January. So honestly, do you know that the lions have held teams under 20 points, five out of the last nine games. Yeah. But who have they played? I don't care. It's hard to do in the NFL. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, their I offense, don't know. time of possession just really dominates games, you know, That's, and their defense does enough. 
yeah, that has a lot to do with it, is that the time of possession. Um, they dominate games. They make it really hard on opposing offenses that way. They made it hard on us. I mean, that game that we played them was a terrific, entertaining game. But it was just, yeah. it was like a tooth and nail game as far as the defenses playing. It was, it was well, truly could, awful. There were no defenses playing in that game on either side. <laughs> I mean, you had Very what, 90, 96 total points or whatever it was? Um, 96 total, you know, offensive play or, yeah. I think you know, there was 120 or some offensive plays in that game. Yeah. Um, and it was, and it would, but it was just, it was just points on every drive for mm-hmm. both teams. And, neither neither defense could do anything they both defenses were, were but were since terrible. that game since that game the lions have woken up um you know seven you can, it's seven and two in the last nine i mean to get into this position where they're eight and eight and have a chance mm-hmm. i mean lions fans have got to be thrilled now whether they win or lose or whatever i mean they want to win the other thing is you know the ineptitude i want to talk about um the the Lions are one and eleven in playoff games in the last sixty four seasons. This is a team that hasn't won a playoff game in thirty years. It's the only it's the only postseason win since nineteen fifty seven came in nineteen ninety one in a divisional round against the 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 Dallas Cowboys. This team is the definition of ineptitude, and so to be in this position where Dan Campbell has led them to this position, I think it's just a testament to just how good of a coach he is and a motivator and getting this team that's not necessarily ready or doesn't have all the talent in the world but is is working in that direction is just uh, it's fantastic to me now I, I want them to win i don't want to get them into the playoffs or anything i want seattle to win as well but man if they can help us out beat the green bay packers and we can take care of business at home mm-hmm. um they're going to be my second favorite franchise i think yeah actually i i like the direction <laughs> that that franchise is taking um, Dan Campbell was such a good hire. And I know there was a point at the season where people were like, has anyone gotten more like credit for not doing anything than Dan Campbell? Cause he hasn't, uh, they've had, you know, he hasn't won a lot and, and they were losing again this year, but he's now they're winning and um, they've got them into the spot. So I think, um, this people, is a team in preseason. We pegged it, it, it getting to seven wins. Yeah. And, you know, and, and having that be a stretch and just saying, you know, we're, this team is on the, on the rise. And they got to eight and possibly, you know, could get to nine, just missed the playoffs. That'd be one of those uh, nine win teams looking uh, on the outside, looking in, but nonetheless, fun. Yeah. I mean, um, so in that game, like like I said, it's, it's two good offenses, two defenses that aren't as good as their offenses. And, um, but terrible weather in, in, in green Bay and, uh, it's hard to figure out what's going to happen with this. I actually like uh, Detroit's offense in the cold more than I like uh, Green Bay's right now because of the way that they scheme everything to be easy. There's no, um, you know, there's so much like movement and and um, you know c- quick reads for Goff and that kind of stuff that. It just makes life easier, even if the weather's bad. Um, so I got whereas, good news for you. Yeah. Weather. Uh, snows earlier in the week, Thursday. Uh, but Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday are uh, cool, but not terrible. And not uh, terrible. partly partly sunny. So high uh, 27, low of 20 on Saturday with partly sunny skies. 
27 and 20 on Sunday as well. Identical, yeah. partly sunny. So it's, it's weather is going to be a factor as far as cold, but that's it. Yeah, it's going to be a good game. I mean, that, that's the that's the end point is that I think it's going to be a really entertaining game. You've got um, a great quarterback surrounded by less talent um, on one side and a an average tor- um, quarterback surrounded by more talent on the other side. Um, and see how it comes down. Uh, I wouldn't bet against Rodgers, not at this point. Um but I like Detroit's chances. I really do. I think that's going to be a it's going to be a good game. Yeah. Plus, they've got both Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift um, in action now. DeAndre Swift was out when the Seahawks played them, so it's just another weapon. Um, they've also got Jamison Williams, um, who, who really had an impact in this last game against the Bears, coming back from that ACL he suffered in the national championship game a year ago. So he's just now really starting mm-hmm. to, to be a, an impact on that team. Um, and their defense is, is really coming into its own. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson, obviously, is is the player to, to watch there. He's got four uh, tackles, half sack, and a fumble recovery and an interception in this game. He's got four interceptions on the year, uh, which is crazy. Um, yeah, it's just, it'll be an interesting game. I think, I'm, I'm hopeful, anyway, that uh, Detroit's going to pull this thing out, obviously. So it's we'll weird see. that through through the rookie through the rookie years that the um the Kayvon Thibodeau versus Aiden Hutchinson debate ended up being yes for both of them. That both of them have been outstanding this year. Mm-hmm. And it really, you know, wasn't much of a debate. It's not like, oh, the which other, one's gonna be better? They've both been really good. <laughs> the first player taken overall, though, I can't remember his name right now, the, the guy from Georgia, mm-hmm. uh, super athletic freak, uh, has just had a mediocre season. Um, so, you know, who knows, right? Which, which was weird because like when going leading into the draft stuff, I didn't think he was the number one overall pick. I thought it was either Hutchinson or Thibodeau. And And it should have been based on game film. Yeah. And I I thought that it was going to be one of those things where one of those two went and, um, the guy from Georgia dropped in, you know, to seven or something like that. Um, but then in the week leading up to the draft, everyone was like, nope, he's the guy. Um, he's just too athletic to, you know. The measure well, the combine the he knocked it good. out right in the yeah. combine ran like they, a four four five forty at two hundred and thirty pounds or something like that and that was that was the end yeah and so basically it was like no he's just too athletic and I was like I don't don't see it uh I not that I expected him to fall out of the top ten but I thought the other two guys were better Perfect. and yeah. they yeah yeah they were they were they were more likely to pop quickly um and they were going to be better and uh it ended up it ended up being exactly what you know, that happened. I love the fact that, that all those guys are playing well at the, you know, the guys at the top of the draft. It, it's just fun when you see, um, first round picks go and do their thing. Um, I hate seeing draft busts because that means there's a fan base out there that got sold something and then they hate it. All right. So we're going to wrap this show up. We've got another show, uh, midweek here coming up. Uh, we'll find a topic and we'll explore that in depth and then we'll preview the final game of the year at the end of the week. Uh, between the Rams visiting the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, it, it's awesome to be relevant this time of the year. Um, it's fun uh, when you don't have to worry about draft picks. You know, sometimes you get into this situation, and you're like, eh, did we really want to win? I don't know. With that Denver pick there, it just really makes it so much more enjoyable <laughs> to be 8-8 eight and eight and still mm-hmm. want to win and be competitive um, and not feel weird about it. 
Um, so here we are. Um, anyway, that's it. So follow Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. You can follow me at NWC Hawk. The show is at Hawks Playbook. You can follow us on Twitter or not Twitter, but you can follow us on our website, on our YouTube channel, uh, and your favorite podcast platform. And just hit that subscribe button. Three shows a week. So until next time, go Hawks. Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NW Seahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.